Good morning. It's an honor to be with you. Uh, for those of you new to Gospel Fellowship, my name is Rob Reno, and I served as one of the pastors here. And my wife, Amy, and I uh, now lead an organization called Visionary Family Ministries. Uh, but before we dive into the scripture this morning, a little family news. You may know that on June 14th, our daughter, Lissy, and her husband, Bond, uh, welcomed uh, their daughter, our granddaughter, Amy Victoria, A.V., named in honor of both grandmothers. So this was a life-changing moment, a family-changing moment. Just so happens I have a picture here (laughs) for you. Uh, And uh, another one, this was just last night at a a friend's wedding. So uh, we have uh, been absolutely blessed by taking this next uh, chapter into the expansion of our family and, and family ministry. Oh, there's another one of her. Uh, sorry, she's uh, she beautiful, a day old right now, so advanced. And uh, what is wrong with this thing? There's so many. All right, we're getting to it. Okay, continuing our series, Deuteronomy. All right, we are smack in the middle of the Ten Commandments in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, this is a restatement of the Ten Commandments that are originally given in Exodus chapter 20. So today we're going to be looking at the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. But first, an introduction story. A month ago, early June, it was a graduation party season, and Amy and I and the family were at a friend's house And I was standing on their back deck looking at their incredible backyard. It was huge. It had the bag toss area. It had the wiffle ball area. It had the swimming pool. And it had the big, the tree swing, right, with the giant ropes back and forth and all the children running around. And another friend uh, comes up to me, not the homeowner, and, uh, hey, Rob, how's it going? And I said, hey, Steve, how's it going? Uh, Well, honestly, I'm struggling with a little backyard envy right now. I would just love to have a backyard like this. And he is like, yeah, absolutely. This is incredible. We marvel a little more at some of the things we're seeing. We grumble a little And we have a few laughs and move on in our conversation. Now, if my memory serves, this was maybe a Saturday afternoon, could have been a Friday, not so sure. But then I come here on Sunday morning, and I sit right down there where we usually sit. And we're in the Ten Commandments series. And as we open to Deuteronomy, my eyes fall down to the Tenth Commandment. I know we're not there yet, but my eyes pass over this. You shall not covet your neighbor's house or his field. It actually says that. Now, what if my conversation with my friend at the grad party had gone something like this? Hey, Rob, how's it going? Well, Steve, honestly, how am I doing? I'm kind of struggling with stealing right now. I actually had just snuck upstairs and got some jewelry and rooted through some drawers and found some loose cash as well. I've been stealing from work too, so yeah, that's what's going on. 
how would my friend react if I said that? Yeah, man, me too. I just grabbed some stuff myself. That's, no, it's not what he would say. He would say, he'd say, are you serious? He, he wouldn't be laughing, and he's probably somewhere between very concerned and calling the cops. So I'm sitting right over here, and I was, I was so convicted. Coveting my neighbor's house is a serious sin. God put it on the top 10 of serious sins, and, and I was just laughing about it. And so right over there, I'm like, Lord, forgive me and, and help me to never, ever do that again. You see, somehow, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, we've ranked these into the big ones and the little ones, into the important ones and the who really cares ones. So I, I took a stab at it, right, at the big ones and the little ones. <laughs> Clearly, the do not covet is on the little one side. Um, I think we can also agree, remember the Sabbath, at least in our culture, should be considered on the little one side. I mean, you go to church, but that's, that's about it. That's kind of on the optional list. Um, what would we put on the big side, big one side? Yeah, okay, we got some. We got the do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, don't make little golden idols and worship them in your basement. Those are the big ones. So what about the fifth commandment? Honor your father and your mother. Culturally, which side does this one go on? Yeah, it goes on the little one side, doesn't it? So how often do we hear, you know, my parents are clueless, or parents are just old, <laughs> right? Uh, you know what I mean? Or a teenager who says, just because my parents tell me to do something, it doesn't mean I have to do it. So open your Bibles with me. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16. Again, this is a reiteration of the Ten Commandments given to us in Exodus 20. So your parallel text is Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. And in fact, you can go to lots of different parts of your Bible and find this. God commands us to honor our father and mother, father and mother eight times throughout the scriptures. Deuteronomy 5.16 says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, most of our focus this morning is going to be on the specific commandment to honor our parents, uh, but we will at the end come back and touch briefly on the second part, which is the promise. The Apostle Paul says this is the first commandment with a promise. What is that promise? We'll talk about that at the end. Now, the fifth commandment marks a transition in the Ten Commandments. The first four commandments are vertical in that they have to do with the proper worship of God. The last six commandments are horizontal, and they have to do with the proper relationships with other people. So how to treat God properly is the first four. How to treat other people properly is the last six. So this is the first commandment in God's list of human relationships. And I'm aware that it's a sensitive subject for a lot of us. My father is home with the Lord. He died 14 years ago now and spent most of his life as an atheist, uh, did a lot of things that were hard to honor. Some of us have parents that have hurt us, um, have abandoned us. We'll address uh, that, uh, some of those issues as part of our time together today. But one of the things I think it's important to do uh, in every text, but particularly perhaps with these Ten Commandments, is to put them in their context uh, in the ancient 
world. The Ten Commandments are given to Moses around 1400 BC. And Satan always wants to pervert God's word and pervert God's law. So there'll always be attacks. If God says do A, uh, Satan is either going to say, no, don't do A, or he's just going to say, forget about A, do B and C, right? To change gears and send us in a different direction. So Satan's two attacks on the fifth commandment uh, culturally and in the ancient world are either the worship of parents or the rejection of parents. In some cultures, ancestors are literally worshiped and prayed to. Well, that's idolatry. That is breaking the second commandment. On the other end of the spectrum is that parents are to be rejected as old and irrelevant and out of date and generally annoying. Which one of these spiritual attacks uh, is the enemy in high gear on in our culture today? The rejection of parents, right? And this is, this is predictable whenever uh, statism is, is on the rise. So if a government increases its power and control, the importance of family is by necessity going to be diminished. And as Amy and I counsel families, it's very common right now for parents to call and tell us that their adult children have divorced them. They'll even use that language, that they've cut them out of their lives. Why? Uh, Because they are toxic and abusive? No. Uh, Because the parents hold traditional values. They hold to a biblical view of marriage or manhood or womanhood. And for that, the children will have nothing to do with them. So not only is it heartbreaking, but it's actually a direct defiance of the fifth commandment to honor your father and your mother. Now, another aspect of this commandment, which was very unique and would have stood out like a sore thumb in the ancient world, is the honor your mother component. The teaching of the Bible that women shared equal value, worth, and dignity with men and were created in the image of God and in New Testament terms are co-heirs with Christ. This was radical. This stood out in total contrast to the oppression and the ugliness of the demonic world system. So God very specifically just doesn't even say honor your parents, honor your father and your mother. Why? Well, for starters, do you know what she did to bring you into the world? carrying you for nine months in her womb, and then childbirth. I have been with Amy for seven childbirths. I know how hard this is. I have been right by her side, and I get it completely. Good. You're supposed to be laughing now. I'm glad that worked. Okay. Being there and doing it, okay, two very, very different things. Whenever the doctors gave her the painkiller, I asked for the same painkillers just so we could do it together. Then last month, right, in the waiting room, our our daughter Lissy is bringing little Avi into the world. What a woman does to bring a child into the world, that is worthy of honor. There's something else worthy of honor. This woman changed your diaper. I know you forgot about that now, but that too, worthy of honor. All right, let's talk about uh, what we're going to do today, uh, game plan. We're going to talk about what does it mean to honor parents. We're going to talk about how that applies to children and teenagers. We're going to talk about how that applies to adults because it's a lifelong commandment. And then we're going to circle back around on what is this promise 
that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. All right, so what does it mean to honor our parents? To choose positive attitudes and actions that show respect for your father and your mother. Let me say that again. To honor is to choose positive attitudes and actions that show respect for your father and your mother. Honor is both an internal attitude and external actions. Let me give you an example here of what I want to suggest is quite faulty teaching on this. This is a 20th century Old Testament professor from the quite liberal University of Chicago, J.C. Rylarsdan. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right or wrong. But he writes in his commentary on the book of Exodus in the Interpreter's Bible. He says this, the commandment, speaking of the fifth commandment here, of course, most especially refers to the treatment of helpless, aged dependents. In other words, the main focus, his interpretation of the fifth commandment, right? His main focus is how you treat your parents when they're really old, when they become dependent on you to care for them. So he continues, how are we going to do that? They are not to be sent away to be eaten by beasts or die from being abandoned, as was the case in some ancient societies. So, to obey this commandment, what is required? Just don't ditch them in the wilderness with the wolves and jackals. You're like, cool. <laughs> I've never even thought about doing that to my parents. Well, I've thought about it. But I mean, I would never do it. So like, I'm good. <laughs> um, this interpretation sums up the application of this commandment, and as I think a lot of us think about it, as the absence of the negative. And this is, of course, a grotesque and extreme example, but I think our mindset mirrors this a lot. In other words, I don't treat my parents badly. I don't yell at them. I don't swear at them. I don't insult them. I don't do bad things to them. So you see, I am honoring them. But Honor is simply not the absence of the negative. Honor is to choose positive attitudes and actions that show respect for your father and your mother. And as I said before, this applies to everyone. It's a lifelong commandment, whether you're a kid or an adult. But let's start with the kids first. Kids and teenagers, can I have you give me your full, full attention here? And parents, no uh, elbowing the child, or the teen during this portion of the message. You listen now. You pay attention. He's going to talk about how you're supposed to honor me. This is why God brought us to church today. You need this. <laughs> Please don't do that. Okay, kids, teens. One of the ways that you can show honor to your father or mother is with your words. You should speak differently to your parents than you speak to anyone else. My children don't call me Rob. They don't call Amy, Amy. They call us dad. They call us mom. Calling us by our first names would actually be uh, dishonoring. We are in a special category. Some of the very basics, saying please and thank you. That might sound too basic, but in this world, they're not. When you ask your parents for something, say please. When they give you something, say thank you, whether it's big or small. If they pick you up at school, you get in the car. Hi, mom. Thank you for picking me up. Two nights ago, 
I took Ray and Rush and uh, some friends to the, the Dude Perfect Tour, some Christian guys who do sport tricks and stuff. They were at an arena up in Milwaukee. We had a great time. And two times when we're walking from the arena out to the car, two times Ray comes up to me, puts his arm around me, gives me a hug and says, Dad, thank you. Thank you for taking us to this. That was honor. Right? I had gone out of my way and spent a lot of money to bless them with something special. And even when a child just does that, as a parent, you say, oh, that was really worth it. In fact, kids, I want to give you four powerful words. If you use these words, I promise it's going to bless your parents and it's going to bless you. When mom or dad asks you to do something, here's what I want to challenge you to say. Yes, mom, right away. Yes, dad, right away. And then hop up and do it. Mr. Gorski's over here saying, that would just blow my mind. Okay? You see, here's what I want to explain to you. Uh, kids, again, your full attention here. Teenagers, full attention here. Honor and obedience go together. Remember, honor is choosing to show positive attitudes and actions that show respect for your father and your mother. Uh, I'm going to give you an example here, one that uh, I've probably shared here at church before, but I like the example, and I think it, it, it works. So let's say uh, uh, um, mom asks you to clean, you're 13 years old, mom asks you to clean your bedroom, and you say, fine, go clean my room. Cleaning my room is stupid, and you, you go upstairs, and your mom hears, boom, crash, boom, crash, you're throwing stuff around, throwing it in bins and drawers, and you say, man, I got to make my bed, that's ridiculous, I'm just going to sleep in it again tonight. That is an excellent point, by the way, from the 13-year-old. Um, Amy has a different view of that than I do. She's come up with some convoluted thing of why beds should be made, but I think it doesn't make any sense. But regardless of that, 13-year-old, uh, did, did you obey your mom? She told you to clean your room. Did you obey? Yes, you did. She said, clean your room, you cleaned your room. Did you honor your mom? No, you did not. So you see, you can obey without honor. But you can't honor without obedience because honor is both the positive action and the attitude. You can even show honor or dishonor. We talked about your words. You can show honor or dishonor with your eyes. I remember a time I was in junior high, had some friends over after school, and all my friends were, were sitting at kind of the counter in our kitchen and my mom was behind the counter giving my friends food and snacks and drinks and things like that. And my mom was talking to them, so boys, how was your day today? And I was behind my mom. She could not see me, but my friends could see me. And I'm rolling my eyes like this while my mom is talking to my friends. Translation, hey, I know my mom is ridiculous here. So I didn't say a word and my mom didn't see anything, but I was dishonoring my mom with my eyes right, in front of my friends. Look at Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. It says, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Rob, are you saying if I roll my eyes, because you do have to lift your eyes up to roll them a little bit, are you saying that God will send birds to peck your eyes out? Yes, I am. <laughs> no, I'm saying God is using pretty strong language here. Would you agree with that? He's using very strong language here to say that even how you use your eyes regarding your mom and dad is a big deal, that you can dishonor them with an eye roll, but did you know you can also honor them with your eyes too? You can honor them by looking at them when they're talking to you. 
If mom or dad is speaking to you, put the phone down. Look at them. Pause the show. Look at them. Close the book. Look at them. Now, Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The in the Lord phrase is important. Your parents don't have the right to tell you to do something wrong. They don't have more authority than God. So maybe during the fellowship meal uh, today, uh, your dad says, hey, um, the Smiths, Mrs. Smith left her car keys over there on the table. I want you to get her keys, take her car, drive it home. I love her car. I want that car. <laughs> you can then look at your father and say, no, I will not obey. Um, you're like, kids are like, that's awesome. Give me more examples when I can say that. Uh, I can't be too helpful. So here's the deal. Unless it's a sin, they call the shots. Teenagers, I want you to give me your full attention here. In a lot of ways, honoring your parents through the teen years uh, and obeying them becomes harder because uh, you know better. And it becomes just a bigger test of your character. And here's something that's really hard to accept, but here's the reality. Parents have the right to be arbitrary. In other words, they don't need a good reason for what they're asking you to do. Until you pay for your own life, you don't have independence. Until you pay for your own life, your parents get to tell you what to do and what not to do. Now, now, obedience and honor, this command, honor your father and mother, it's tested when you're told to do something you don't want to do. Do we agree with that? Um, I was speaking at a conference in Denver Saw the Hassoons there. It was awesome. Hello, Denise. Glad you're here. And we had a, uh, because of Denise's help, actually, at our book table that uh, Lainey and I were running for the weekend, we had uh, bowls of candy. Now, the reason you have bowls of candy at your resource table as a big conference is that parents of kids will stop because kids see candy and they want to get the candy, right? So we're doing the resource table and... Um, this, uh, this little boy, maybe 10 years old, I see him kind of slink over to the bowl of candy at the resource table and he takes a piece of candy and, you know, he heads off and he's a few feet away. And I say, hey, hey, how many pieces of candy did you take? Right? He's already freaked out. He's like, one, I just took one. And I said, we have a rule at this table that you must take two or more pieces every time you stop. So he, the kid is very unsettled here, right? He looks up at his mother. The mother's like, well, you heard the man. You go back and get another one. And so he's like, oh, okay, all right, I'll come. And he says, let's go, Bob, come on. But after like, and I was probably a little too like freaking the boy out as a stranger, but he did get it. And they, you know, you're working your way around this conference hall. Like every other time he came back, I saw him go over there with like multiple things. So here's the point. Um, he was very obedient after I told him, you must take two or more pieces, right? That was not a difficult commandment for him to uh, receive. Obedience is tested when you're told to do something you don't want to do at a time you don't want to do it or in a manner in which you do not prefer. That's when you're getting this test of honor your father and your mother. Um, so I would just ask you this, this question. Oh, I forgot to have my picture of my candy bowl for my illustration. Okay. So children, teenagers, um, there's a lot of different things we, we could talk about here, but ultimately uh, you have got to uh, answer this question, there we go, or fill in the blank, what would it mean today 
this week, this year, for you to choose positive attitudes and actions that show respect for your father and your mother. Whatever you would fill in the blank for your father or your mother would be a way that you could honor your parents. Okay, adults, let's talk about how this command applies to us. Now, some parents are like, whoa, hang on, Pastor Rob. This seems like it's a good point to conclude. Like whatever you pastors do, the let's bow our heads, whatever that thing is, now's the time. I wish we could, but uh, like all the other Ten Commandments, it's a lifelong commandment, um, but, but we can stay connected to the kids for, for just a minute. Moms, dads, uh, grandmas, grandpas, don't make it difficult for your children to honor you. Back to Ephesians 6, God says, uh, the children are told to honor, obey you in the Lord and honor you. But then God speaks to the parents. He says, don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. In other words, do you want to be honored as a mother or father or grandmother or grandfather? You have a role to play here. Don't make it hard for your children to honor you by exasperating them, by pushing their buttons, by neglecting them. And, And most importantly, if you want to make it easy for your children to honor you, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And part of bringing your children up in the training and instruction of the Lord is teaching them, training them, discipling them to honor us. We have parents who are upset that they're not being honored, right? That's a common uh, experience or feeling that parents have. But those, many of those same parents are actually doing nothing to train and teach their children to honor them. They are just getting mad and further exasperating their children with all their anger. So parents, do you teach your children not to steal? Raise your hand if you've ever taught your child not to steal. I'll bet you have, right? And if your child steals something from a friend or a sibling or money from your bedroom, what do you do? You parent You engage, you confront, you teach, you give consequences, you disciple as you should. And it's interesting, and I'm using this do not steal pivot a fair amount uh, this morning, but the world will actually help you teach your kids not to steal. Did you know that? The school will give your child a consequence if they steal from a friend's locker. The police may assist you if necessary, if the theft is big enough, teaching the do not steal lesson to your child. But who will partner with you to teach your child to honor you? Who will be there to correct them when they need correction? Who can provide the loving training that they need to obey God in this area? Who is it? It's you. It's really only you. I mean, I'm doing my best to help here, right? The church is going to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But it's easy to fall into this trap where we are spending more time correcting their behavior toward others than we are correcting their behavior toward us. The commandment is not honor your teacher. The commandment is not honor your coach. Now, should we honor teachers and honor coach? Yes, I think we should. But the commandment is honor your father and your mother. So we're not helping our kids when we're failing to like lovingly and firmly teach them to honor and obey us. Okay, we've already established this is a lifelong commandment. So uh, adults, what is that going to mean for us as we seek to honor Uh, our parents. Well, the definition is going to be the same. We need to choose positive attitudes and actions that show respect for our father and our mother. So where can we start? I think first uh, would be the basic choice of keeping in communication. 
calling, writing, texting, if they have that technology, visiting. I'm not sure you can honor someone without some form of communication. And I know that the communication might not be great. It might be pleasant. It might, it might not be pleasant. It might be annoying. It might be an inconvenience. But try as we might to find it. The commandment does not say honor your father and mother unless they're annoying. You're not going to find that little asterisk down at the, the bottom. So when you're with them, family gatherings or whatever it might be, what would it look like to choose positive attitudes and actions that show respect? for your father and your mother. Maybe before you uh, pray, if they're uh, over at your house, Lord, thank you that grandpa can be with us today. We want to honor him for being here. Or write them a note. Um, I was convicted about a lot of things this week as I was spending all week on this particular verse. Um, You know, there's a lot of divorce on my side of the family. And something I love and honor about Amy's parents, John and Jean, who are here today, is their faithfulness uh, in a 50-plus year marriage. And in preparing like this sermon, I'm like, well, I, I just need to practice what I preach. I just sent a quick email thanking them for their commitment to each other because my kids have a front row seat to what a lifelong marriage looks like in their grandparents. So I want to honor you for that. I love you for that. Um, and and I did, sent the same to my mom and, and stepdad. My parents divorced when I was in high school. My mom remarried to a godly man, and, and they've been married 30 years. Um, and that's also set an example of faithful marriage. So your, your, parents, your parents don't need to be perfect people to warrant your honor. I am sorry you were not raised by Jesus. I really am. But uh, you know, God's, God's words on the subject are, are just very forceful. Consider with me 1 Timothy 5, where adult children are told to care for their parents in their old age. The specific context here is widows, women who have lost their husbands and uh, can't provide for themselves. So verse 4, 1 Timothy 5, 4 says, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household, And to make some return for their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. What we're talking about today, the honor of father and mother, when we choose to do that, it's pleasing in the sight of God. Now God turns the volume way up in verse 8 here in 1 Timothy 5. He says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I think it'd be a fair interpretation here to suggest this whole subject, this commandment, is a big deal to God. Remember our list in the beginning of the the big ones and the little ones? A lot of these scriptures are pointing us to, we need to move this one and all the other ones, by the way, over to the big one side. Um, I want to take just a few minutes and wrestle with the, how do we show honor to parents who are difficult uh, to honor? There are, of course, a lot of situations that require uh, boundaries, that require distance, maybe even extreme situations of cutting off relationship. Um, Honor doesn't mean putting up with continued abuse. It doesn't mean turning a blind eye to sin. Honor, in fact, sometimes means like calling out wickedness in in a family. 
Um, that is definitely a sermon for uh, another day. Uh, one of the books that we've done in our ministry where we do more of a deep dive on this is called Healing Family Relationships. I don't know if we have it here at the church book table uh, or not, but the Healing Family Relationships book, um, if you're in one of, more, one of those more extreme situations, I'd, I'd encourage you to get that. But I really want to focus today on the fact that we can affirm that the truth that we can honor parents who we don't like, and we can honor parents who have treated us poorly. In fact, it's an even greater obedience to God when we honor the dishonorable. You know, how, how can we do that? Even with a parent that you have no relationship with, you can honor them by loving God yourself. You can honor them by being a faithful spouse. You can honor them by being a, a godly parent. Amy shared this principle with me a few months ago, and I thought it was so insightful. She was talking, she, she said, um, you know, do you think that you are better than your parents? In other words, that, that you're a better person, you, you, you know, uh, you name it, you're a better Christian, you're a better spouse, you're a better parent, whatever it, it, it might be. I, I think she, she had a great insight into that common mindset that people have. You know, she said to me, well, in some ways, your parents did their job. Whether intended or not, God used them. By the way, God picked your parents for you. Uh, God used them to bring you into the world. And either through uh, pursuing their good example or fleeing from their bad example, your generation's closer to God. Your generation has taken a step forward. Uh, Two things by way of conclusion, a final challenge and then the promise. The challenge, as if there have not been enough of those already today, this, this commandment among the 10, and I had never seen this or thought about this before this week, is completely unique among these 10 commandments. Here's why. The fifth commandment is unique. We are commanded to take positive action with a positive attitude toward two specific people. There is no other commandment like this. We keep pivoting off do not steal. You could sit on your rear end for 75 years and not move a muscle and you will keep that commandment. Right? You sat there for 75 years. Did you steal? Nope. You obeyed. Well done. But we can't obey this commandment without intentional, obedient action. Honor is not the lack of dishonor. Honor is not neutrality. Honor is intentionally, visibly, proactively honoring your father and your mother. Well, what about the promise? Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Ephesians 6, 2, the apostle Paul says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Well, what is this promise that you will live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. As a youth pastor for many years, it confused me a little bit because on the surface, it sort of looks like this is a commandment for long life, long individual life. That if you will honor your parents, God promises that you'll live 70, 80, 90 years. Well, not only do we not have other scriptures that would support that idea, but I've never met a Christian who thinks like that or applies it. In other words, if we have a tragic situation where a child in a church dies of accident or illness, no Christian ever thinks or suggests, well, that child must not honor their parents then. 
Because the Bible says if you honor your father and mother, God promises you'll live a long time. So it's obviously not about individual long life. So what is the promise? This is actually woven through the Bible. It's built into the the multi-generational power of the gospel. And, And here it is. That if moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas will follow God, and their children and their grandchildren will honor their parents in the most important way of all, which is by receiving the faith that's passed to them, following in their parents' footsteps of faith, then the people of God, the faith community, or in New Testament terms, the church of Jesus Christ, will live long in the land. Guaranteed. Loctite promise from God. What could stop Gospel Fellowship Church or Faith Baptist Church, or any other local church, if by the grace of God, you win the souls of your kids and grandkids to Jesus? What can stop the advance in the ministry of that church? Nothing. Nothing can stop the multi-generational power of the gospel. And this is what Satan and the demons totally understand. That's why they put so much of their firepower against the family, against the heart connection between the parent and the child, to break the relationship, the love relationship between the parent and the child, so that the faith will not be passed to them. So ultimately, this commandment is not just about treat your parents well, uh, try to have healthy family relationships. This is actually directly tied to the advance of the gospel and the advance of God's kingdom. So I'd like to ask you to bow your heads. Let's pray. I'm going to lead us through some prayer responses here. The best place to start in responding to God's word is often with repentance. And I would just ask you, have you failed to obey God's command to honor your father and your mother? If yes, in part or in whole, just confess that to him right now. Christ paid for that sin on the cross and you can experience his full forgiveness. I now encourage you to pray and ask for the Lord for the strength to confess and ask forgiveness of your father or your mother as quickly as possible. Now ask the Lord to give you fresh power and strength from the Holy Spirit to enter into a new chapter of honor in your life. Yes, honor for your father and your mother, but even more, your heavenly father. Ask him for that now. Lord, as we look at these Ten Commandments, we quickly see how fast and far we fall short. And we confess that to you and ask for your forgiveness. Would you help us with this fifth commandment? No matter how old we are, no matter how good or difficult our relationships are, help us to honor our parents, even if they're no longer living, even for the simple reason that you chose them for us. Help our children to honor us. And most of all, that we would pass the faith to them, that they would receive it so that we would see you fulfill your promise that our church, your people, would live long in the land 
that you have given to us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.